Welcome to the Dollar Wise Podcast. At HFM, one of the most significant values we provide our clients is leveraging our experience helping hundreds successfully navigate through life's transitions. On this podcast, our advisor team explores some of the questions we get every day from our clients. We share some insights on financial topics, and we interview some fantastic professionals from our vast network. Our hope is that you leave with some food for thought and some good ideas to consider. Thank you for joining us. On today's episode of the Dollar Rise podcast, we're going to talk all about the last year, which has been an absolutely crazy ride. We're going to talk about how how we've done from the bottom of the market, March 23rd of 2020, all the way through to this year, March 23rd, 2021, and just how far the world has come, but also how far stock markets have come. My name is Jason Gabrielli. I'm one of the financial advisors here at HFM Investment Advisors, and I'm joined by my associate. My name is Tyler Reedman. I'm an associate advisor here at HFM. One of the things we wanted to get into was just how crazy the last 12 months has been. Yeah. It's been a little bit of a wild ride, I would say. Not just in the world, obviously, but specifically in the financial markets. And if you're an investor, whether you're investing in your 401k or in an account on the side or whatever, you were in for a pretty wild ride. So if we look back 12 months from March 23rd, which marked the lowest point in the stock market as it declined over the course of March 2020, Mm -hmm. we were getting COVID news, the world was shutting down. It was an incredibly scary time. And during the month of March 2020, from all-time highs on February 17th to the lowest of the lows, we saw a reduction in the S&P 500 of about 32%. And small cap stocks were down almost 42%, Mm. which was just, it was a really, really scary time to be an investor because it was mixed with the fact that we had actual real fear of what was going on in the world. We certainly felt like we had no clue what was happening, how long it was going to last, any of that stuff. And I know we were talking to clients all the time, you know, all throughout that time. It was a particularly interesting time for us because we were also moving our entire client base from one custodian to another. Yeah. So we felt like we were living it in real time. Yeah. I mean, a lot a lot of moving parts. And the crazy thing about it is, you know, as much as you want to believe that it's going to come back, and obviously it did, you just don't know from one day to the next when that, you know, the bottom is going to actually hit. So it was definitely a tumultuous time, but we got through it and things have been really good since then. Absolutely. But when we think back at what that was like when we were in that, if we put our, you know, go back in the time machine to March 23rd, 2020, there's a great poll that a financial writer put together in his Twitter feed back, way back then. And his name's Nick Majuli mm-hmm. of Dollars and Data, his blog. And his poll was, how long do you think it will take before the S&P 500 reaches an, a new all-time high? So when's it going to get back mm-hmm. to where it was and go a little bit past? And the options he gave people was less than a year, one to two years, two to three years or greater than three years. And the way that it got distributed was less than a year was only like 10% of the vote. One to two years got most of the vote at like 32%. Mm -hmm. And two to three years got 26%. Greater than three years got 31%. Jeez. So pretty much every single person who answered that poll out of, I think, 5,000 votes thought it was going to take longer than a year. Yeah. And the majority of people thought it was going to take more than two years. But I think you just added up earlier that it... Actuality, it actually took six months to get back to its all-time high and get higher than its previous all-time high. Yeah, and it's it's amazing how powerful 
opt, you know, we get a little bit of flack sometimes for just how optimistic we always are about mm-hmm. things and how the market's going to perform over the long term. And so during when the market was pulling back and when things were really scary back then, we were talking a lot about how you have to keep a long-term perspective. Mm-hmm. You have to put your mind at ease when you think about, you know, this is money that's for the long term. I'm not going to get too caught up in the short term, even though it was really scary. And the reality is optimism pays. And so I have a quote here from another blogger that we read, Ben Carlson from A Wealth of Common Sense. And in an article he published last week, he writes, optimism pays when it comes to investing because most of the time markets go up. The stock market is up roughly three out of every five years on average. Over the long term, optimism as a strategy is nearly impossible to beat. This is why buy and hold is perhaps the greatest strategy ever invented. Now, unfortunately, there are always good reasons to be worried. The future is always uncertain. There is always bad news. And we hear about that bad news more than any generation in history in the information age. I thought that was a great quote because it pretty much summed up the up and down that we saw and putting it in the long-term context. Yeah. He was talking specifically about, in his article, a gentleman named Ray Dalio, who mm-hmm. is probably one of the most famous investors in the hedge fund space. And Ray Dalio is a very public figure, and he constantly projects doom and gloom, you know, bad forecasts. About we're going yeah. <laughs> to go into a great depression. It's going to be you know, this terrible period for stocks. And the irony is his hedge fund, which is probably the biggest hedge fund in the industry, yeah. Bridgewater Capital, about $46 billion. They, despite his poor forecasts about the future, they don't even use them. <laughs> so they, they don't even use anything that he projects yeah. when they actually invest the firm's money. And on the few times that he does intervene because you know this computer model can't be right or what you're saying, you know it can't be how it's going to go. When he does intervene, typically he admits it, it hurts the performance. So he usually stays out of those, those day-to-day kind of calls because he knows that as much as his doom and gloom predictions could come true, they probably won't. It's hard to predict that stuff as we know the market is random and unpredictable. And just going back to one of the things you said, Jason, about how crazy of a year in a review it was. There's a saying that I heard before. It says that markets go up on an escalator and they go down on an elevator. And I thought that was funny just because it seems like this past year, we never really got off of the elevator and onto the escalator. <laughs> We've been no. on the elevator the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, and like a dropping elevator that was like like the Tower of Terror. That's what I was just going <laughs> to say. Like the, it, was, it was pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, optimism as an overall strategy for your investing long-term is really the way to go because the only alternative is pessimism. Mm-hmm. And it might be attractive in the short term because like in Ben's quote from his article, we constantly get to see bad news, yeah. whether it's on an app on our phone, yeah. a reminder, our Twitter feed, whatever. We kind of become addicted to bad news. I mean, you sometimes you see good news and it doesn't even really catch our attention. And then you know, news companies know that's how we're wired. But if you're not optimistic about the future, what's the point of investing in the first place? Right. Exactly. Because you have to have that view that things are going to get better in the future mm-hmm. and that dollar you're putting in the market today is going to be worth more at yeah. some point down the line. Yeah. And so- Let's kind of talk about where we are now. So as of a year after the market bottom, March 23rd, 2020, if you were invested in the S&P 500, if you had put a dollar into the S&P 500 at that market bottom, which of course, nobody really has the ability to to time that perfectly. I'm mm-hmm. sure some people did with dumb luck, but we're up about 74%. Jeez. 
crazy, right? <laughs> if you were invested in small companies, you know, S&P 500 measures large company stocks. If you were in small company stocks, you were up 121%. That's pretty good. And if you were invested in micro cap stocks, which are the smallest of the small companies, you're up 155%. It's amazing. That was basically like a generational buying opportunity. That yeah. is, you know, that was something we'll probably never see again. Right. And actually there's some data that we pull from Bloomberg and it shows the distribution of one-year returns from 1915 to now. And if you look at all the one-year periods, the period from March 23rd, 2020 to March 23rd, 2021 was only beat in two scenarios. And one was July 1933, and the other one was March of 1934. Yeah. And if you remember, that was the recovery <laughs> of the Great Depression. Yeah. Don't miss those days. No, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And you were, you know, most people look specifically at the S&P 500, right? It's one of the most commonly talked about indexes, large US companies, if you don't know. But it really didn't matter that much what you were invested in. You could have been in international stocks, small stocks, like Jason alluded to, micro caps, mid caps, growth companies, value companies. Since March 23rd, virtually everything has been up. Virtually all asset classes have been up. And that's wonderful, right? You know, people kind of needed this recovery because it couldn't get much worse than what it really was. But at the same time, now everybody feels like they know something about the stock market. You know, they they can't pick wrong. They feel like they have an inside track on what's really going well. When in reality, everything has done well. Yeah, I actually read a great stat about that. Another writer that we follow, Michael Batnick, he he mentioned that anybody who bought around March of 2020, pretty much no matter what you bought, you were up between 60 and 150%, which which makes everybody feel like a genius, yeah. right? No, absolutely. And I've had people tell me like, hey, I'm up like 50, 60% in this time period. I'm like, everybody is, you know, you're not special yeah. and it's great, but you're not special. <laughs> well, right. And we we actually had a podcast that we did, I guess it was a couple months ago now. Mm -hmm. And we talked about, you know, the rise of the day trader and, and Robinhood app and things like that during the coronavirus yeah. pandemic, partially because for a period there was no sports and people had to get their gambling in yeah. and partially because people were bored. And the dangerous part of this, obviously we're happy to see the market snap back so fast, is like you said, those people get really emboldened to think yeah. that all their picks were right and that they're a genius, which can still get you into trouble. Yeah, it's funny too, because, you know, as great as these people have done and a lot of people has done, we are starting to hear a lot of people and a lot of pessimism kind of creep into the picture. It's that feeling of things have done so well so far. How can it continue? Absolutely. And that's one of those things where putting that, that, that context back on it, that things can kill, still go up. The fact that we're yeah. at all time highs doesn't mean that it has to go down, but that's what our brains often tell us. Yeah, is that what goes up must come down. Yeah, there's a subset of those people who have that, you know, that pessimism that's creeping in, and it's something that we always talk about. A lot of the times, it's the type of investors who look at their accounts all the time, not just once a day. Sometimes they're looking at it every few hours, and it brings you back to something that we read about called prospect theory, right? Which basically states that for every good result a person sees. One unit of emotion is gained, but when a bad result is seen, two units are lost since a loss has twice the impact. So in other words, losing something makes you feel sad twice as much as you feel happy when you gain something. So if you looked at the S&P 500 every day from 1926 to 2020, right? So almost a hundred year sample size, there was just more than a 50% chance that you would see a gain. So pretty good, but that's still close to a 50-50 chance or a coin flip. 
So in terms of how you feel emotionally, in terms of that theory, that's a one to two good to bad ratio. But if you only checked once every year, which is something that you know you might be in the habit of doing or checking more frequently, but if you only checked once every year, there was about a 75% chance you would see a gain. So definitely a lot better, still not guaranteed, but at least emotionally, now you're at a two to one good to bad ratio. So it doesn't inf- impact anything in terms of your investment performance, but it impacts you emotionally, checking less. And I'm not saying check once every decade because that's probably not the smartest that's idea. That's what Warren Buffett does. Yeah, 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 Jack that's, Bogle. That's, but checking maybe a little less often can maybe quell some of those concerns and make you feel a little bit better about your day-to-day when it comes to investing and the stock market in general. That's such a huge part too is controlling your behavior. Mm-hmm. And that's something we talk about constantly. It's a reverberant theme on the podcast. And what we talk to our clients about is that it almost doesn't even matter what you're invested in as long as you're diversified, right? The number one thing you need to do is control your behavior and make sure you don't make a mistake at the worst possible time. Mm-hmm. And in essence, that's what this episode's all about is how crazy things were at the time to where they are today. As long as you controlled your behavior and you didn't sell out at the bottom or you didn't cut and run and you took coaching from your advisor or whatever, you're fine. And actually, you're better off than you were at the beginning of 2020. No one could have predicted that. Many people did or tried or, or, and as we saw in that poll, most of them got it way wrong. Yeah. (laughs) The fact, the speed with which things bounce back. Mm -hmm. So, as we wrap things up today, it's just really important to understand that a long-term perspective is critically important. And being an optimistic investor is really the best way to put yourself in a good spot over the long term. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dollar Wise Podcast. At HFM, our mission is to educate and empower our clients to make wise financial decisions. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at hfmadvisors.com. The Dollar Wise Podcast is presented by HFM Investment Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor firm. Please note that registration does not imply any level of skill or training. All investing involves risk, including potential loss of principal. There is no guarantee that any strategy will be successful. The content of this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment or financial advice. Everyone's situation is unique, so we recommend you discuss any potential strategies with your own professional advisors before implementing them for yourself. 